NBA players have been known to do all sorts of strange things to zone in on that free throw shot, not counting Will Ferrell, of course. The Boston Red Sox even grew beards for good luck on their way to winning the World Series in 2013. And in the MMA world, Anderson Silva even admitted to sneaking away from his team to eat Big Macs after weigh-ins. And while those superstitions have helped athletes get into whatever mindset was necessary to do their jobs, the flip side of the coin does the exact opposite. By either tapping into the magical powers of Doctor Strange, serving as a silly distraction strong enough to throw things off course, or by simple coincidence among the watchful eyes of equally superstitious fans and pundits, curses plague our sport. I'm Bailey in from MMA on Point, and here are the 10 biggest curses in MMA. <laughs> that didn't really work, did it? Number 10, the morning combat resume review. Okay, so obviously, just like in The Mummy, there's something to be said about the world of MMA. This place is cursed. But that also applies to the MMA media, an entity universally revered amongst fans, fighters, and promoters. It's no wonder that some have zeroed in on curses stemming from these beloved microphone-wielding wordsmiths. While the MMA Hour producer and gambling aficionado Connor Burks has raised eyebrows with his t-shirt curse, actually it's now extended to all types of memorabilia. Poor guy is just trying to show support, honestly. Also, Connor, if you're watching, please don't buy that Jack Della Maddalena t-shirt. Oh, God. It does appear, though, that the crew over at Morning Combat might really have cast a spell on the fight world. Their resume review, a deep dive into the previous bouts of a fighter before a major event is a great way to build anticipation ahead of their next outing. I really believe we are seeing one of the greatest of all time. But yeah, sorry lads, it's also been a great way to predict the loser of that upcoming contest. For nearly the first year of programming, every single fighter profiled would lose with only one making it to decision. Let's not underrate his actual ability to do what he does when he is 100% ready. It was at UFC 260 that Luke Thomas and Brian Campbell really disrupted the natural order of things with a double offering of the resume review highlighting Stipe Miocic and Tyron Woodley. Both would not make it to the final bell that night, and it would take a segment outside of MMA to break the curse, as boxing champion Canelo Alvarez would be given the resume review honor before an 11th round TKO of Caleb Plant. Number nine, Chael Sonnen. Not seemingly satisfied with being the undisputed and undefeated best middleweight in the world during his competitive days, Chael Sonnen has parlayed a successful fight career into being one of the more recognizable analysts in the sport. His YouTube channel is wildly popular and has become a go-to for many fight fans for his signature sarcasm and entertaining way with words. The question is, who's going to win on Saturday under the unified rules at 145 pounds between Amanda Nunes and Megan Anderson? And when you start to break that match down for the X's and O's, you start to see a few very positive signs for Megan. But there is a decent number of people who tune into his videos just to see what he's going to get wrong. Over the roughly five years Uncle Chael has followed in our footsteps with his YouTube thing, he has amassed quite a few wildly wrong predictions. Among his greatest hits are Megan Anderson to dethrone Amanda Nunes, Calvin Cater over Max Holloway, and Cowboy over Connor. Want a prediction straight up? I believe Cowboy Cerrone finds an upset. According to Psychology of the Fighter, in 2021, Chael had a dismal 32% success rate for his official predictions, which I mean, well, I mean, there's no way of defending that really, is there? Depending on how well your Tim Foyle hat matches your sneakers, though, there might be more to this story. Instead of being a terrible fight picker, perhaps he's actually an evil genius. Whatever the case may be, Chael has, as would expected, taken the speculation lightheartedly, joking with his fans, begging him not to pick their favorite fighter. Countless fans have reached out to me and begged me to not put the curse on Darren Till. I'm taking Brunson. So where does Kevin Lee fit into all this? Number eight, Eminem. 
While there's some other musical artists that may or may not be cursed, this one in particular is all about poor decision-making from the fighters. A Sherdog forum poster in particular had his pulse on the stats, facts and figures, and he compiled a database of UFC fighters and how successful they were after walking out to the octagon with a Slim Shady track blaring over the speakers. His findings weren't all that damning, actually, upon first glance. Out of the 212 instances that had been logged by the last update, yeah, I can't believe he actually went through them all, the fighters who preferred an Eminem track before throwing down lost about 52.4% of the time. So that's nearly 50-50. The odds are about as close as they can be in such an unpredictable and dynamic sport, so there's not really a curse, is there? Well, a deeper look reveals just how flaky the MMA gods were about making this a hard and fast rule. Song selection and favoritism seem to matter the most, as his biggest hit, Lose Yourself, increases the loss rate to 60%, while Tito Ortiz's unyielding devotion to the Detroit MC resulted in a 5-6-1 record. Robbie Lawler went 5-2, though. So, yeah, we are aware this is a thin premise for establishing a curse, but honestly, we wanted to avoid all the comments wondering how we left this off our list for fear of, well, being cursed by you lot, basically. I don't think the real Slim Shady needs to own up to anything. Number 7. The Curse of the Black Beast and the Irish Dragon While both being fan-favourite action fighters, Paul Felder and Derek Lewis never did touch UFC gold, with Lewis getting finished in both his opportunities and Felder never entering title contention. But while they wouldn't claim the biggest prize in their respective divisions, the two have found another way to influence the title picture. By eternally damning those who have defeated them. Felder's curse started with his first defeat to Edson Barbosa, who was dust choked by Tony Ferguson in his next fight. Ross Pearson, Francisco Trinaldo, Mike Perry and Dan Hooker would all meet similar fates after beating Felder, but Rafael Dos Anjos deserves credit for evading the curse without affecting his standing in the UFC. I did hear his middle name was Van Helsing, though, but he did technically lose a grappling match against Cowboy Cerrone after that, so... Lewis began haunting past opponents, starting with Sean Jordan in 2015. In lieu of becoming a heavyweight champion, the Black Beast curse has set his sights on belt holders. After fending against Lewis at UFC 230, DC would fall to Stipe Miocic at 241, and Cyril Garn would get denied the chance to elevate above interim status at UFC 270. In hindsight, perhaps it was forward thinking from Habib and not the New York State Athletic Commission that shot down that last-minute title shot at UFC 223. Uh-huh, he knows what he was doing. But that bloody Black Beast curse was worse than the Black Pearl. Did just get broken by Sergei Pavlovich, though, but I'm pretty sure he also came out of Dracula's laboratory. Number 6. Ian McCall Sometimes the invisible forces that are interfering with our favourite sport aren't too concerned with an entire event. Sometimes it seems that they've got it out for just one person in particular. Without a major North American promotion showcasing the division, Ian McCall's flyweight title reign at Tachi Palace fight cemented him as one of the best 125 fighters on the planet. When he faced fellow WC bantamweight vet Demetrius Johnson in a four-man tournament to usher in a UFC belt at flyweight, a maths error from the Australian Athletic Commission robbed McCall of a decisive tie-breaking round after stealing the momentum in the final frame. Or maybe he's related to the Yelnats. Go figure. Anyway, he'd go on to definitively lose the rematch and never regain the momentum that got him to the big show. In fact, not only would he leave the promotion with a losing record, but he'd also be a consistent no-show for bookings with 10 cancelled bouts listed on Tapology, with reasons ranging from wake-up complications, injuries and illnesses suffered by he or his opponents, usually in the 11th hour. Seriously, that's worse 
and my Tinder dating record. He'd find no success in Ryzen either, being finished in his only two bouts in Japan, retiring days after being knocked out by Kyoji Horiguchi. And this entry doesn't even touch on some of the horrible tragedies he had to endure outside of the cage. Number five, the embedded curse. One of the time-honored traditions of a big UFC fight week is fight week, blog week. Am I right? Oh yeah, they, they changed that to embedded, didn't they? My bad. Anyway, it's the behind-the-scenes video series that chronicles the nuances of the final moments leading up to an event. And of course, looking good is part of the process for fighters who will be broadcast on televisions around the world. So some observant folks have noticed how many fighters who got a fresh haircut with the cameras rolling ended up on the wrong side of the win-loss column. Oh, I know. This graphic, which circulated on Reddit and the Sher Dog forums, gives a quick glimpse at the inner workings of the curse. Alistair Overeem, Betch Cahair, Vitor Belfort and Mark Hunt are among those that suffered crushing finishes after visiting a barbershop. Or maybe they should just get their hair cut before fight week. I mean, like... However, the lower half of the image shows some fighters who walked away with wins despite video evidence of their pristine fades. Well, ladies and gentlemen, it's just not as simple as UFC 274 curse victim Justin Gaethje says it is. They say when you get a haircut on this TV show that you it's bad luck and you lose. What? <laughs> Come on, man. I don't believe that. There are rules to this shit. It's the trips to the barber shop that seem to tempt the MMA gods into the equation, while having a barber enter their hotel room is much more likely to get a pass. Perhaps this is part of the reason the main event at UFC 214 played out the way it did. Not only was DC fighting in the greater LA area, that has cursed AKA champions quite a bit, but he also stepped into a barber shop, while John Jones elected to craft his shiny bald head in the hotel, levels above the game, I'm telling you. Number four, the EA curse. Mm. If you're like me and you only watch MMA, you probably didn't know that the EA Sports' most popular franchise, the Madden NFL games, have a dubious legacy attached to their realistic and immersive gameplay. Many of the cover athletes suffered a severe injury or fell victim to a career slump. It appears that whatever is haunting the pigskin at the EA offices has affected the four-ounce gloves that are also laying about as well. In their first foray into MMA gaming, 2010 simply titled and frankly grossly underrated EA Sports MMA, the fantasy matchup of Randy Couture and Fedor Emelianenko graced the cover. And you know what else happened in 2010? Fedor lost three straight fights, and Couture would be knocked out right after the game's release. When they took over the UFC games, John Jones and Alexander Gustafsson's epic fight was commemorated on the cover. However, just months after being selected via a fan vote, Alexander got KO'd by Rumble and then lost a decision to Daniel Cormier. And just six days after the game came out, the hit and run in that injured a pregnant woman and stripped Jones of his belt happened. Oh, yeah, also just two days after announcing Ronda Rousey would be one half of the next edition, she got head kicked into the void by Holly Holm and then after release got it even worse against Amanda Nunes. McGregor made the next cover of the game update before 2.29 where, you guessed it, yeah, he also lost. The day after Jorge Masvidal, the day after he was revealed for the UFC 4 cover alongside Israel Adesanya, he lost a clear decision against Kamara Usman and then obviously got knocked out in the rematch and then lost another decision but it doesn't matter Izzy did evade the curse for a good long while though until he lost his light heavyweight title opportunity at 259 and then eventually lost the middleweight throne at 281 but Cheeto got his own little special edition and beat Dominic Cruz though number three Drake 
When Drake isn't working on music or tending to one of his many business ventures, apparently, the Toronto-bred rapper is a diehard sports fan. I mean, I've got no fucking idea, is he? Unfortunately, that fandom kind of hilariously comes at a price to those he enjoys watching, though. The Drake curse is usually sparked by some sort of display of support. He's taken down athletes and even whole teams in their biggest moments. The count has sucked the life out of Manchester United, the Toronto Raptors, the Alabama Crimson Tide, Serena Williams and even Anthony Joshua. He most infamously attached himself to Conor McGregor ahead of 229, posing for pictures alongside McGregor, draped in an Irish flag and accompanying him at the weigh-ins. And while Tyson Fury, Max Holloway and bets on Paddy Pimblett and Molly McCann contradict the theory, it's hard to ignore how many fights he does get wrong though. Most recently, he bet on Jorge Masvidal at 272, Justin Gaethje at 274, Usman and Jose Aldo at 278 and Izzy at 281. So that's nearly $3 million down the drain? You would have thought he'd at least call him on his cell phone first, but considering his net worth is reported to be somewhere between 180 to 260 million, that's just changed between the couch cushions at the Champagne Pappy's estate. So fighters, be mindful of your fate if you wander the streets late at night or take a picture with Drizzy Drake. Number two, Conan O'Brien. A funny man with no skills in real fighting improbably imposed himself on MMA. No, this isn't about Steven Seagal. We've already got a video about him. Instead, let's talk about comedian and talk show host Conan O'Brien, who has left his impression on the UFC far beyond being one of its many celebrity stakeholders. Prior to taking his place in the boardroom next to Dana White, Conan became a token of bad luck for the fighters that enjoyed the spotlight on his popular show. Conor McGregor followed up his appearance by an upset submission loss to Nate Diaz. Conan would then even the score when he welcomed Nate as a guest shortly before he dropped the dub in the rematch. Oh yeah, and don't forget Ronda Rousey, who eerily predicted how she'd lose to Holly Holm on Jimmy Fallon's show. She's going to try and like keep distance and keep far away from me and get me frustrated to a yeah. point I'll make a mistake and she can try and kick me in the head, but it's not going to go like that. Sat down with O'Brien to do the exact same thing before getting clobbered by Amanda Nunes. At the time, Nunes already owed Conan after her previous opponent Misha Tate stopped by to promote their title fight months before. Daniel Cormier explained the Conan curse in fewer words than we can. Got a bit of a bad reputation in the MMA community. He then pulled a Shrek and actually broke the curse and okay maybe did boast about it a little bit and then uh, after his next successful defense he'd miss out on a money fight with Brock Lesnar and lose twice to Stipe Miocic so it kind of caught up with him I guess anyway. Michael Bisping questioned the size of GSP's manhood on Conan's show before getting choked unconscious. Must have been intoxicated and I see you, Connor, trying to game the system by appearing via satellite. Mm, yeah, well, that didn't work either as he was subsequently choked out by Habib Namagamadov. Number one, Nike. Michael Jordan, Tiger Woods, LeBron James, Cristiano Ronaldo, these guys are all Nike athletes. Okay, and the list of names that the swoosh has officially been linked with in the UFC are among some of the most noteworthy names in the promotion. And while many fighters have seen massive piles of money and global recognition with Nike behind them, the fighters associated with the swoosh have learnt the hard way that their slogan just do it was interpreted by the MMA gods in a very different sense and by Shia LaBeouf as well. Nike would acquire Anderson Silver in 2011 and while he would earn three of his signature wins afterwards the curse would catch up to him at UFC 162 when Chris Weidman capitalized on the spider's showmanship and stole his middleweight title. Not convinced well John Jones joined the Nike Elite in 2012. Was expected to debut his custom apparel and shoes in his title defenses against Dan Henderson at UFC 151 
that happened, didn't it? The champ then suffered injuries in his next two bouts. A nasty hyperextended arm against Vitor Belfort and a horrible looking dislocated toe against Chael Sonnen. How about Julio Dos Santos? The former heavyweight champ was riding a 10-fight win streak when he signed with the global sports giant. Before the ink was dry, though, JDS would lose his belt in a brutally lopsided decision to Cain Velasquez. He would never touch gold again. However flimsy this theory may be, the UFC deal with Reebok effectively ended Nike's foray into the octagon and prevented further calamities and their damning power from ever taking place again. All right, shout out to Anthony the Daywalker for artificing all these curses together for you guys today. He wrote up this script, so go and give him some love at Ant Walker on social media. Don't forget as well, if you don't listen to Ben Rosette at least once a week, you will be cursed to hear Taylor Swift every time you walk into a shopping mall for the next 10 years. So go check out his music on Spotify. Thank you for the tune in the intro as always, Ben. Any curses that we missed? Better yet, what's the most legit one? Let us know in the comments below and give us a thumbs up. It would be very much appreciated if you enjoyed the video subscribe if you want to see more we do three videos a week i've been balian i'll see you in the next one